0: What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: All right. So if you like our predictions, again, make sure you, you download and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you do get your podcasts and make sure you subscribe to Odyssey Sports on YouTube so you can watch myself and George each episode as well so you can listen and also watch two full episodes of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. All right, let's finish up with this, George. A few kind of quick hitters here, including the head coaching search. I want to kind of run one thing by you here when it comes to other head coaching searches. Now, obviously, the Colts have gone through, I think it's the official list, 13 candidates they've interviewed, mm-hmm. right? At least have one yeah. interview with, which is by far the most expensive search of any right now of the five teams that are open. And one of the most expensive searches the Colts have had, I believe it was Zach Kiefer pointed this out, which is an interesting note. The Colts have more finalists, seven. Then guys, they interviewed for the last time they, they found a coach, including both rounds, first and second round when Josh McDaniel said he was coming. And then afterwards, they had to regroup and, and go again.
0: Just the first oh, round. No. Oh, just, just, first. Okay. just, just the first round. Just the process okay. that led to to uh, Josh McDaniel. There were six then.
1: Okay. Well, I apologize. So they have more finalists now than they had the first round interview candidates uh, when they were hiring and eventually did at least claim to hire or, or at least on paper hire uh, Josh McDaniel. So already a more thorough process we have seen. And I don't know about you, at least I've seen it on Twitter, just some people kind of joking about the Colts and the amount of interviews being ridiculous and how they're interviewing anyone with a pulse. But I will say, when you look at how the Colts are conducting their head coaching search, compared to now when you look at the Broncos and the Cardinals, I honestly feel better about the Colts going forward here because at least the process to me so far, now again, even whoever the next head coach is, you don't really win the press conference. You know, We'll see how they do on the field, so that doesn't really mean much. But I feel better about this process and I feel more confident in the Colts head coach, whoever it is going forward, with how they have so far stuck to their plan and, and have everything kind of going accordingly. Rather, when you look at the Broncos and the Cardinals, where the Broncos right now, any finalist, it seems like, or anyone they like, seemingly is running away from that job. You got Jim Harbaugh, any then claim he's, he's staying at Michigan, but now all of a sudden they're going back and forth of is Jim Harbaugh still in, uh, still interested I think a a part of that is just because Sean Payton doesn't seem to be interested in that job. You had Dan Quinn, take his name out. You had one day Danico Ryan just named like the favorite for the Broncos job. The very next day you have a report that Danico Ryan is going to go to Texans and and take that job. The the, the Broncos right now can't get anyone interested in their job. The Cardinals kind of running around with a chicken with a head cut off where they had a long interview with Sean Payton. Seemingly that went well last week. And all of a sudden now you hear they're bringing in three new candidates for a first interview in Mike Kafka, Brian Callahan and Lou Anarumo. The last two, offensive and defensive coordinators for the Bengals. So it's like the, the Cardinals, in a sense, are almost restarting their search. Honestly, George, I know it's sometimes the comparison the comparison game is not the best because if we're comparing two, let's say, bad organizations with a third, it really doesn't make you feel that much better. But at least I will say from what Chris Ballard said from the beginning of the search to how so far the Colts have conducted the search, I feel pretty good going forward that they will get the right candidate. We kind of look around and seeing how other teams are going and really scrambling here to find anyone – interested or any viable candidate that they can kind of get their hands on.
0: Yeah. You know, I I think uh, give the Colts credit for, for doing what they said they were going to do. You know, as we talked about earlier, it's pretty much played out the way Ballard laid it out, you know, in in that postseason presser. So give them points for that. I give the Cardinals points for interviewing Lou Anarumo. I can't believe they're the only team to do that. Um, The Bengals defense has been so dominant in, in, well, not dominant, but they've been, so impressive during these last two postseasons, what they've been able to do, um, winning some games for that team and keeping them in others. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm shocked that it took this long for him to get even a first interview. But that goes back to what you were talking about earlier, too, that leaning on the offensive side. You know, it's hard for defense coordinators to get jobs uh, or even to get looks for jobs. And and I think Lou Anaromo right now is probably the poster boy for that um he's on the offensive side he probably would have been the most interviewed guy in this this cycle um so you know ultimately i I think the colts have stuck best to what they said they were going to do um but i think it really it's the end result that matters and and as you mentioned not even who they hire or what happens at the the introductory press conference but how they do I, i look at both these coaches in the super bowl right now i don't think there was a lot of blowback. When Andy Reid was hired in Kansas City, but there definitely were whispers about, "Hey, things didn't end really great in Philadelphia, and do you really want to go with a recycled guy?" You know, I don't. I don't think it was necessarily a panned kind of hiring, but it certainly wasn't. People weren't expecting him to go to five straight AFC Championship games and right. be in the Super Bowl three out of four years either. And then and Nick Sirianni, one. yeah, exactly. And win one, and and we'll see what happens. You know, this time around, but Nick Sirianni, we mentioned this last week he was he bombed in his introductory press conference they were eating him alive in philadelphia and even at the time of the hiring it was kind of a long process he was one of the last guys brought in and i think the the reaction kind of affiliate at the time was like who's this you know what are you doing and here he is in year 2 in the super bowl so i think even we can talk about the process and 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 from what we know you know how it looks and but even after they've been named you know if it's a big name coach people are going to get excited if it's not, people are going to be mad. None of it matters. You, you see that. I think the two Super Bowl coaches kind of prove that just in the journeys they've had.
1: You're 100% right. Like, winning the press conference, I think, has been debunked recently. And now that's like less and less of a thing. Maybe outside of Sean Payton, I don't really know if any team in this cycle is going to really win the press conference. Maybe the Texans with D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be, you know, one that's a home run hire, if you will, and revered locally. But otherwise, you're right. Like, I don't, like, whoever the Colts hire it could be Raheem Morris, it could be Brian Kelly it could be. Rich Versace, anyone outside of Jeff Saturday, I don't think there'll be this mega reaction, good or bad, of, oh, this is the guy, or this is not the guy. And again, it's just, okay, this is the guy, now let's see what he can do. So you're right, at the end of the day, the process really doesn't matter. It's just who you you know end up with, like I said, and how they do on the field on Sundays. But I will say, at least in the short time this has gone on, I feel at least the competency of the Colts has returned a little bit, where for two and a half, three months, or you can argue maybe even the entire season that we just saw in 2022, it wasn't there. There's anything but competency. So at least maybe that's the word, I, the way I should have phrased it better is just at least I feel like the company starting uh, competency is starting to return to this organization. Maybe that's because Chris bauer truly does have a real handle on this head coaching search uh, just from the way that the Colts have handled it and they've gone about their business with a very strict process and having kind of checking boxes compared to what we're kind of seeing with the Broncos and Cardinals where – Maybe the head coach they hire is the, you know, the right fit. And maybe it is, you know, they do hit a home run, but kind of like scrambling around and kind of not knowing what they want. At least I do feel a little bit better about the Colts and their process going forward here, which is hopefully a better sign of better days to come.
0: Yep. No. And I think the only reason that I'm even any hesitant is just because I don't know what the outcome is going to be yet. Right. Um, you know, and, and ultimately I agree to this point, I think you've seen it, but if the end result is Jeff Saturday's hired, then the circus is back in town and, You know, and you've got a lot of questions about the process. So um, right now, I I think it looks really good. You know, I think what they've done, the way they've gone about their business, I agree 100 percent. It looks like they're back to the way that they behaved uh, prior to Halloween. You know, so we'll we'll see. We'll see where it all ends up. I, I think I've just been burned so many times this year that, you know, I just have that kind of defense mechanism now where I'm always like, yeah, but let's see what's behind door number two.
1: Very fair. That is, The Colts have given you no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's for sure. Let me ask you this really fast. We just talked about not winning the press conference, but here I'm basically going to throw a a statement out or a question out. Basically kind of talking about winning the press conference. So as you know, in this head coaching search of the five teams that needed a head coach, Frank Reich, which you'll get to here in a second, hired by the Panthers. It's seemingly, at least as we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, it's everything but official. D'Amico Ryans will be the next Texans head coach. And the Colts, Cardinals, Broncos right now are kind of still in the interviewing process. Maybe excluding Sean Payton, if he goes to Denver, if he goes to Arizona, I would probably say that would be widely regarded as the best hire. If he is not hired by either team, would you say D'Amico Ryans is like the biggest win of the five going to Houston?
0: Yeah, I think so. For what you were just talking about, you know, I think that's that was sort of the the dream guy out there. If you talk to Texans fans going into the offseason, that's the guy they wanted, you know, his former linebacker there. Um, you see what he did with his San Francisco defenses, which is, yes, unquestionable. you number one in points and yards this year. And um, it's just a really solid unit all the way around. And I, and he's the stories you hear about him are similar to the stories you hear about Raheem Morris in terms of him, just drawing people to him, being a great leader of men. Um, I think it's a home run higher for the Texans. I think there's a reason the Colts were interested in trying to get him in here for an interview. You know, I, I, think he's, he has all the markings, of one of those young coaches on the rise star in the making top type of guys. I think, you know, going into it, same thing as giving Drake grades right after the draft, you know, it's an imperfect process, but but we all do it. Um, I I definitely think that Ryan's would be the number one guy, the number one hire on, on my list.
1: I'm with you. I like, this is, not that the Texans are going to turn things around in one year, they still have a long way to go. Uh, but this is a, a would be a tremendous foundational piece going forward. Said so David Culley, you knew he was hired to be fired. Same thing with Lovey Smith hired to be fired. So you got to go back to at least when Bill O'Brien was hired and actually brought some competency. And, and that team was, I know is in a different spot when he was hired compared to now where the team is now in the gutter. But like I said, that's one where I do kind of fear of, okay, that's a really good foundation. He's the guy who could truly, as the buzz, uh, buzzword says, change the culture around Houston, uh, with with how Cal McNair has really kind of sucked the life out of that team and that fan base, I think that would be a really good first step to kind of building that team back we'll see what they do with the draft pick. But, yeah, that would definitely get me nervous as a Colts fan for sure. Uh, and in a division where right now the Jaguars are the team on the rise and kind of, I would say, right now going to 2023, the team to beat, Titans are on the phone and the kind of the Colts and Texans are kind of in that same boat I'd still give the edge to the Colts. You know, they did not beat the Texans this past year. but like I said, that's that's one where that could kind of change quick. And if D'Amico Ryan's – is as good as we think that could really kind of make this division in a few years. If the Colts also kind of, you know, succeed in their hirings and their drafts, that could be we could be talking about a division with three young teams and the Jaguars, Colts, and Texans kind of really fighting it out and turning this AFC South into what is a punching bag in one of the, the view divisions as the least competitive and, and one of the easiest to now one of the tougher divisions in the NFL in a few years. So that's definitely one where, assuming it's official, assuming though though Josh McDaniels 2.0 here where there, there's some sort of backing out. It seems like to Ryan's will be the head coach in Houston. Like I said, that's one more not good. I think that's a, that's a solid hire for sure.
0: Well, and I think, you know, in terms of what it could mean for the division, I think it's sort of what happened with the AFC North a few years ago when you got Lamar Jackson and, and Joe Burrow came in, you know, yeah. and, and all of a sudden you just looked at, at those franchises a lot differently. And at that time, you know, Baker Mayfield was kind of still up and down, but, they went from it went from a division that was dominated by P- Pittsburgh and Baltimore to all of a sudden Cincinnati's a big part of it and, and Cleveland was for a little while and maybe will be again you know we'll see what works out with, with them and Deshaun Watson but i think it's sort of that same trajectory here if the colts and the texans nail these head coaching and, and quarterback moves which you figure both of them are are going to draft a quarterback as well yeah all of a sudden the, the whole complexion of the AFC South is is different
1: Frank Reich hired officially by the Panthers. That's the only right now head coaching uh, vacancy that is filled. I'm very happy for Frank. I think he was deserving of getting another head coaching job. Time in Indy did kind of, you know, I think at that point, you know, I don't think he was unfairly fired, but just kind of things did run amok. I will say with him going to Carolina, I think this signifies one of two things. They're going to be aggressive in the quarterback market, whether that's trading for a guy like Lamar Jackson, whether it's trying to sign a guy like Tom Brady, or whether it's, you know, being aggressive and trading up for number nine to, in the top five, and maybe even all the way to number one. I think David Tepper's going to try and make a splash. I think Frank Reich's not taking that job, by the way. That's some sort of plan for a long-term solution, a quarterback, after coming off of Coltston where he realized he got fired in part because he had had no stability at the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, I think coming after what he had here, uh, that's got to be number one on his wish list, you know, just to have a quarterback, same starter in back-to-back seasons, which would still remarkable. It never happened for him here. Uh, But that being said, I mean, the way last year ended, the way this year began, yeah, no one's saying that it was unfair, uh, that that there wasn't time for for the Colts to move on. How they did that can be questioned and, you know, what happened afterwards. But certainly, I think it had run its course here. I, I don't think that that's, You know, I don't think that's a controversial statement in in any way. Um, But it'll be interesting to see what he can do in Carolina. I feel bad for him because already he's walked into another controversy. It feels like he's had adversity everywhere he goes, and now he's replacing a very popular interim coach who maybe should have gotten the job. You know, it's hard hard to say whether Steve Wilkes, not being around that that team all year, it's hard for me to know where you know what should have been the outcome. But there's a lot of noise there, and it just feels like that's kind of the luck or, or lack thereof that Frank Reich's had in this league. You know, every, every time he, he gets something good happen to him, there's there's always an asterisk to it of some sort.
1: That's for sure. And like I said, it's it was interesting. I did not think he was going to get the job too much. I really thought that Steve Wilkes and what he did in that interim run was going to kind of get him in position. But whether it was the, the offensive plan Steve Wilkes had or just, again, David Tepper feeling better about kind of having an offensive mind of head coach, I think we're kind of seeing, again, owners really kind of favoring offensive side of the football. All right, two quick things before we get out of here, George. Super Bowl. It is the Chiefs taking on the Eagles. Uh, Eagles obviously blew out the 49ers in the NFC title game with no quarterback. I mean, Colts fans, know we know what that's like for sure, watching no quarterback answer whatsoever. Uh, So that just stinks for the 49ers to have your season end that way. Chiefs won a thrill against the Bengals uh, late in the game. Ironically, this is, I think, perfectly fitting for this season. Colts beat one of the teams in the Super Bowl lost by one to the other team. I mean, for a season, that was four, 12 and one. Isn't it just fitting George to the two teams left. You could argue two of the best teams all season long. Our team for the Colts either beat or should have, should have beaten this season. Including What's a Jeff Saturday as head coach. It's unreal.
0: It, it It's fitting with, with the surreal nature of this season and everything surrounding it. Um, I, I know this though. It's guaranteed that, that the super bowl champion will have played in Lucas oil stadium this year.
1: That's true. That is very true. And, also, guaranteed that which is also crazy to say, the winner of the Super Bowl will have more wins at State Farm Stadium where the Cardinals play than the Cardinals have. So at that least that's something going for the Colts. They don't have they don't have that uh, little stack going against them. That's
0: tough. That that is rough. That that's a tough. Even even the year the Colts hosted the Super Bowl and only won two games, they were both home games, so they still had more wins there than the Giants that that season. That that's a rough stat.
1: That is rough. Yeah, that is just. Uh, talking about kicking the Cardinals when they're down, that is just a tough reminder that I'm sure will get replayed over and over and over again the next uh, two weeks leading up to that game. And finally, George, Eagles going to the Super Bowl as we know, former offensive uh, coordinator Nick Siani is leading the Eagles there in year number two to the Super Bowl. This is, a, I think, I guess I was maybe not in tune to this kind of narrative, or this kind of feeling uh, until I kind of saw it happen when the Eagles officially you know won the game and go to the Super Bowl. I do not really I guess, Nick Sirianni was as polarizing as a figure, I guess we'll, we'll say is the word there to use, um, with his time in Indy where some fans are very happy for him and happy to see him go as a former Colts, you know, uh, offense coordinator. Some do not like Nick Sirianni whatsoever and are very upset the Eagles are going and Parker's of him. I think some are also in the middle as well. Eh, don't really have a, a big take. I don't know how you feel, but for me, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, am I rooting for Nick Sirianni because he's on the, on the Colts? No, I'm not. Do I hate him? No, because honestly, w- when he did that whole little chirping with the fans, and that was for Frank Reich and talking in his post-game press conference about you know how the Colts did Frank Reich. Like, I don't think Nick Sirianni was wrong. So like, I can't hate him for kind of talking facts and trying to back up his guy in a situation where he get, he thought he got screwed, and again, rightfully so, he kind of got screwed and not getting fired. But how it went down, like I said, and how you know he was fired over the phone and bringing in Jeff Saturday in the circus that was. So. I know it's not really much of a take that it's um, I'm lukewarm and Nick Sirianni, but I guess I will say I'm more surprised that the the Colts fan base does have a strong reaction one way or another in terms of either rooting for him and happy for him or just truly disdaining him and his presence.
0: Yeah. I don't think he was polarizing until this year. I mean, I think all of it is around that game and, and you know what happened after the game. And I I have the same take as you uh, as far as, you know, I feel like he was just being loyal to a friend. You know, he was he was doing what he felt like he needed to do to defend, you know, a guy who he said time and again, isn't just a friend, but a mentor to him in this game. You know, somebody who really uh, has a lot to do with why he's the head coach of the Eagles right now. And so, you know, I understand that. But I also understand what the fan base is. It's very fractured right now. Um, you know, this year was tough on everybody. I uh, It was toughest on the fans. And you've got, guys, you've got fans who don't know how to feel about anything right now, honestly. you know They're all kind of um, a little bit traumatized, I think, from this year. And, and so you're seeing the reactions to that. Uh, I can tell you from the media standpoint, it's unanimous within the Colts beat guys. We're all ecstatic for, for Nick Sirianni. He was always great with us. Um, he's always been a guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve. I think that's why I'm not surprised what happened at the end of the the, the game when the Eagles were here. Uh, but I think even just that video that, that's going around kind of going viral right now of his daughter at the press conference uh, where she's kind of, I don't know for sure what she's doing, being, Shrugging being a kid
1: or something like that, Yeah,
0: <laughs> like the dance, shrug and with my own 10 year old at home. You never know what they do <laughs> in, in any situation like that. Uh, but just the way he handles that, you know, real kind of quietly like, you know, hey, cut it out. Uh, he's just a normal guy. You know, I think it, we we all every every one of us dads has been there, maybe not you know, after we just won the NFC championship game, but more like at Applebee's or something, but you know, we, we've been there and uh I think that's, that's part of his appeal. And I think everybody in, in the Colts media room, I'll just speak for them, you know, will agree, you know, they couldn't be happier to couldn't happen to a nicer guy.
1: Like I said, he definitely is someone who's not afraid to tell you what's on his mind. I'm still cracking up to you. I was like, that's the thing. I just found it more funny than anything else. Just replaying the video in my mind of him running up not once, but twice Point and that one's for Frank Reich. Like I've never seen that before. So it is I appreciate the authenticity of just not even trying to, you know, hide it or or even just, you know, kind of talking to the media and not even facing the fans and letting them know about it. He just goes right up and lets them know his uh, his frustration. That is again more I thought more funny than anything else, but it it was interesting for sure to kind of see a little bit of the reaction uh from Colts Nation here after Nick Sirianni and Eagles do officially punch their ticket to the Super Bowl two years after he was hired there. So Eagles Chiefs should be an interesting one. And the Colts connections either they have beaten these Super Bowl champs in a year they were 4 12 and 1 with all of the chaos that went on, or they lost by one point. Again, they should have won and should have beaten the Super Bowl champs. So that is a fitting end, Georgia. I should say a fitting bow to put on this 2022 season. That if you had to sum up in one word, like I don't even know, but like I'm trying to the word that comes to mind is bizarre, but I feel like that's not even strong enough to describe just truly what happened.
0: I, painful. I think it's painful. Is I can come, No, I mean, Cruciating. it's been absolutely surreal. It, it's been the, the, the most insane season I've been around. Um, and you know, here we are in the off season and, and talking about the owner sending out emojis. So it, it continues
1: full circle, That's full circle for sure. Where we started the season just with chaos and end of the season now by deciphering emojis from the owner. And trying to see what the hell does that mean? Is there any sort of clues on who will be the next Colts head coach? Speaking of surreal, very cool note here, George. I want to give a shout out to this. Shout out to Denmark, which is now it seems we have built a following of Colts fans in Denmark. So if you are listening right now, we appreciate your support. Make sure you tell your other friends in Denmark about us on the Blue Horseshoe Pod. If you like listening, you can start watching on YouTube. Make sure you check out Odyssey Sports' YouTube page where we upload each full show. So if you want to listen one day, uh, you can check us out on YouTube. Each and every show will, will be posted there. If you want to listen, make sure wherever you do get your podcast, we are living there. We will be back on Thursday. We appreciate your support from Denver. We'll be back on Thursday with another pod. Probably George, don't have a head coach in mind, but maybe we were selected. Maybe we'll get a little bit more details, but the head coaching search continues. So obviously keep you updated on that and some more senior bowl notes as well as that's underway. And obviously a huge event for the Colts. We're kind of seeing, their involvement down there in Mobile, Alabama as well. So have a great week. We'll talk to you on Thursday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.